I don't know if you know, but I, I ran 20 kilometers to get here. It's like sub-marathon pace. Just, just. Just, no, no big easy. Deal. No big you get, deal. You get your heart rate up. Didn't even get a sweat up. <laughs> There's a bit of thistle in that bristle. Ladies and gentlemen, this particular podcast, I am super, super pumped for. I have been quietly, excitedly, patiently waiting to catch up with this man, a very, very dear friend and an inspiration to me in my life. Um, where do I start? <laughs> I'm looking for the person you're talking about. <laughs> The, uh, when I was trying to uh, establish a bit of a runway and an intro for this man, I don't have enough paper in my office to write everything down, but I'm gonna have a fair, a fair crack at it. Um, this beautiful individual is a father, he is a partner, he is an integral part of our community here at JMT. Um, the interesting thing about this man here is that his previous career prior to the, the company he is the director of, he spent majority of his time in the shadows doing high level stuff, discreetly, covertly, and a lot of people don't know much about uh, Nick. Um, so I thought we'd take this opportunity to just shine a little bit of a light and bring some of the things that he's done into the light so it can better help uh, our community, Sunshine Coast, even the greater community of uh, Queensland, the globe, uh, and things like that. But Nick, if I could describe Nick in a saying or in a few words, he is, what is it, internally very confident and externally extremely humble. One of the most humble men I've ever met. He is the creative director of shot imagery, uh, videography, video production. Do you like that? Hey, Brown Lives Matter. This isn't my filming. <laughs> this, is not, this is not Nick's filming. However, he has adjusted the lighting on my phone and actually propped it up on something and uh, adjusted the door as well for the light and a couple other sound things, but it's not his filming. Um, he's filmed in Uganda, went after some witch doctors, uh, made a doco around child sacrifice. He is the director of Wairua Spirit, he's been to Antarctica, the Arctic, his filming takes him on a global scale with him, himself and his team. He was an officer, a highly decorated special forces operator officer. Officer, yep. he was a major, um, just amazing career. And I wanted to talk to Nick and get his thoughts on a rather broad topic. And that topic is leadership. Uh, I've got my own personal thoughts about leadership and I was really interested to get an educated insight into lead leadership. Again, we're looking, looking for that, that COVID individual. Um, so I wanted to get Nick's thoughts on leadership, uh, topics of nature versus nurture. Are leaders made? Are they born? Is it a position? Is it a station? Are you a leader or the leader? Does team trump leadership? Um, there's a saying, I think it's, uh, now, now I'm trying to sound like I'm really clever. It is Anon. Anon says, I've read it down here. Leadership is like driving. Everybody thinks they're really good at it until they hit the ice. Who knows? Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the myth, the legend, Nick Andrews, dear friend and absolute legend. I love this man like my brother. I can't begin to go on. But I'd love to get Nick's thoughts. 
and considering the current climate, I, I, I think personally leadership comes and goes, it sort of ebbs and flows, it recedes as quickly as it arrives sometimes. And what my, my own thought on the outcome from the coronavirus and the pandemic is some of us were thrust into that position, whether in our relationships, our families, our community, our businesses. Um, I would love to get your thoughts as a leader amongst leaders. Um, what's your thoughts on leadership, bro? Look, I thank you for that ridiculous runway. Um, most of that makes me incredibly uncomfortable, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so my experience with leadership has been quite vast in terms of actual training. And I think the, the military is one of the best leadership schools on earth because the stakes are so high. It's not, it's not you make a mistake and a business might fold. It's not you make a mistake and someone's reputation might be damaged. You make a mistake and someone will die. And it's not might die, it's will die. And we've seen that time and time again. So the stakes are really high and this they've been doing it for hundreds of years with thousands of years of doctrine behind it. So what an incredible place to learn it. There's one of the things you said in there, uh, I'll come to nature versus nurture in a minute, but there's a, a definition we use leadership versus management in, yeah. in the military. And they're very different. Uh, management we tend to refer as processes and day-to-day -day stuff that needs to happen, direction that needs to occur. Mm -hmm. It's just process that needs to happen. And a manager isn't necessarily a good leader. Yeah. And conversely, a good leader isn't necessarily a good manager either because yeah. management's kind of the processes and things that need to happen. But leadership and very broad definition we use, and there's a, there's a doctrinal version, which I, I was always crap at remembering the exact doctrine. I was good at remembering the, the concept and applying the concept. But essentially, leadership is about motivation, inspiration, and convincing people to buy into what you're talking about. Yes. So that at the end of, when you ask them to do something, you've asked them to do something that they've bought into and they have belief in, Yeah. and they believe we're all part of this team. So leadership is really about inspiring people to do stuff and buying into it and making it part of themselves as opposed to management, which could be direction that put your timesheet in at four o'clock. Yeah. Like that's not good leadership. But yes. conversely, the leadership version of that might be to actually get the team together and say, guys, we need timesheets in by four o'clock. The reason we need the timesheets in by four o'clock is because Jan there needs to process them by 5 p.m. And if you send them in late, Jan gets to go home late because she has to get them done so the banking goes in so that everyone's pay comes through. See how the, they're different. Management yeah. just said, get it done. Mm. Leadership took people on a journey, gave them buy-in, and explained what the impact of the team was of them not playing. Uh, and now they're in, whether they like it or not, because timesheets are flat out boring, they're now actually inspired about why they're gonna do it. Yeah. And they're gonna buy, have more buy-in and be more, more creative. Wow, so hence the inspiration, the, the motivation, yeah. things like that showing showing people, leading them, yep. guiding them. Explaining yeah. the process is part of it as well. Like leadership is really a doctrinal thing. There's a there's a key component, I'm gonna check my notes here. There's one here that basically is keep people informed and provide direction. It's actually one of the doctrinal things. So yep. when you tell them why, and you tell them what the impact is and what happens if they don't do it, they've actually got a better understanding. Now you're leading them yep. rather than Directing, directing them, them telling explaining them. the path and the journey and what the implications are of choosing left and right yeah. rather than just saying, I want you to go left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've probably all experienced people like that in our past that yeah. are just literally barking orders and you're kind of like, you know, going to get some resistance. Yep, yep. 
And people are probably thinking, hang on, I've seen military movies. You guys just yell at everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do this, do that. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is that there's actually a place for that as well mm. because there's times in that environment where you don't have time to think mm. and you don't have time to explain. You just need someone to do. Yeah. But the important thing is that you can't have that direction without leadership initially. Yes. Because there'll be no trust. Yes. So if I just spent my entire lifetime yelling at people to do things, when it really came to the crunch, I'd get pushback because people wouldn't understand. But if we'd spend a lot of time building our leadership and our team and things up front, then when I do bark an order, because yeah. I don't want you to step in front of that car or I need yeah. you to go over here, people do it because they trust that you've got the right intentions yes. or submit that form by form, mm. walk away. But I've got a history of explaining why. They will just do and then ask why later. Yep. Because they trust that we're all working for the greater good. Yep, it's all congruent. Yep. They've, they've got the belief. That's yeah. it. Believe yeah. in you, believe in the, the leader. Believe in the team, believe, believe in the, the organisation. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Makes total sense. It's yep. a really interesting way of, of um, explaining it. And like, so your thoughts, mate, like with the with the pandemic and everything that happened here on the Sunshine Coast, yes. like did... Did many of your principles and values and things that you learnt in the military and in the special operations world, did that hold you in good stead, good stead to, you know, lead your, you know, be part in your in your family unit, in your business, uh, in the community on the Sunshine Coast? Was there anything that transferred and sort of helped you through that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I think leadership is most powerful when the circumstances are abnormal. So yeah. people notice it more. The pandemic is obviously pretty <laughs> abnormal. I mean, yeah. 100 years ago they had it. It's been 100 years since, so we're, we're in an unusual time. Yeah. My belief is that when the situation gets uncomfortable, it's about communication. Communication is a tenant of leadership, essentially. It's like explaining what's going on. So it's talking to your team. Yeah. My business changed wildly yeah. In a two-week window, it literally just flipped and we were doing things we weren't normally doing. A lot of the work we had that was consistent was gone. But we were communicating openly with the team about what was happening and what our plans were. Mm. And as part of that, like there was full buy-in. Mm. And I think when the world turns to shit... Mm. Go it's, vegan. Yeah, go uh, vegan. Vegan. No, the yeah. world is shit because you go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. Okay, eat me, no. eat me, eat yeah. me. Eat me. The, um, when the world gets flipped upside down, mm. it's easy to go into a mindset of, this is broken, everything's bad, I can't fix this. Mm. Whereas if you take the mindset the other way of, things have changed, what can I do? How can I adapt? What, yeah. can, I, what can I change to change to the environment? Because you control your space, not everything out there. So you can either be woe as me of what's happened out there and just sit there and watch the the world steamroll over you as the situation changes. Or you can say, the situation has changed, mm. I need to change too. Yeah. So I feel that it was, a, outside of the leadership bubble, it was part of the whole thing. The military set me up for contingency planning. Yeah. So I was like, this isn't what we planned. Yeah. Cool, new plan. Yeah. Go. Sort of, yeah, adapt, yeah. move. Yeah, because that's a, that was a, a really startling thing to watch, is how we all reacted to the adversity, to the stress of what happened and how how it was so different across the yeah. board. 
and I often wonder, you know, when we when we learn these things in the military, and and I can only imagine at your level the 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 teachings and the knowledge and the education that you were given, you know, how did that transfer to everything? It's just, yeah, it was really curious. I was thinking, yeah. yeah. The, when, when we think about moving forward, and I know we're not out of the woodwork by any means, and we've still, you know, got to pivot and move and yep. it's turbulent and these things are going on. Is there anything, so thinking about just Mary on the streets, it's always Mary. Uh, and Mary's hanging out it's on the street. good Mary. Yeah, God bless her. Um, what's 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 some knowledge bombs, some wisdom you could perhaps like? Just thinking of just the everyday person. They're going to work, family unit. They're doing their thing. They're feeling the stress and the adversity from the current environment. Whilst we're moving on to the other side, what's some wisdom you could give those people about you know how to how to manage ourselves the best we can, how to how to adapt how to overcome and then after that I want to ask you I, I love this story but anyway I'm getting ahead of myself yeah, we'll start with that one. Um, so the, the one I use I, I, I'll give a bit of context to this I think everyone's level of stress is based on their experiences so if you've if a really bad day for you is you drop your coffee and a really good day is you get your coffee you've got a really small window in there of life experience if a really bad day for you is watching a mate die and a really good day is celebrating someone's wedding, you've got a really huge spance there. Yeah. Wow. So because of my, now I feel privileged and tortured to have experienced the things I have because it gives me that huge context. And I get caught up in rubbish as well. Mm. So there are days where I'm literally like, this is crap, everything's going wrong, blah, mm. blah, blah. I get caught up in my own bullshit. Mm. I'm not immune to that. But what I do is, when I catch myself doing that, I do basically, what am I grateful for? And it's really simple, these are the things. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head, a home that's safe. I have a family who are healthy and well. I will eat tonight and I will wake up tomorrow to give this another crack. Mm. It's that simple. Like, so I would say to anyone who's literally thinks the world is crushing them, be grateful for where we live in Australia and the simple things. Do you have your home, are you safe? Even And even if the thing that's driving you is that you're being evicted from your home, do you have somewhere you can go? Do you have a car that you can sleep in? Do you have a family mm. member who can take you in? Will you eat tonight? Mm. And even if you don't eat tonight, will you be okay till tomorrow when you can eat? Like yeah. Just keep breaking it down into little things that mean I can survive till tomorrow. Because if you survive till tomorrow, you can fight the problem again. Yeah. But if you give up, the problem's won. So I know that sounds really easy for me to say all that stuff. But I think it's brilliant. No matter who you are, anywhere on the street, if you're struggling, go back to the basics. Food, mm. shelter, family, I'm good. If I've got those things, I will be okay. Yeah. We live in a country where the social structure is set up to protect people pretty well. There's healthcare, there's pensions, there's mm. homelessness, there's payouts for people who are out of work. Yeah. It may not be great, we're going to be really careful that you don't die. Yeah. And you can't fight when you're dead. Yeah. But if you're alive, you can give it another crack. Ladies and gentlemen, if I had a mic, if I could afford a mic, small business owner struggling in a pandemic. Boop! Just so you know, Nick had no idea of the questions that I'm asking. So he, this is just, just wisdom 101. I love it, man. It's such a, that is such a powerful message.
unreal that's so good and just think about that even in your own world you know how's everything looking taking that advice from nick bringing things down simplifying things have i got this have i got that have i got this just awesome it's like uh what's that maslow's hierarchy yep. of needs it's pretty much if you if you look up maslow's hierarchy of needs and you look at the things that a human needs to function and you have those You'll be good to fight tomorrow. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's that yep. foundational level. If you haven't, if you do, if you weren't aware of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Google that. It's a um, yeah, it's a principle. Yeah, some principles, the psychology things, and basically yeah. you can't attain a higher level of thinking until you've got those basics. Yeah. So when you don't have those basics, it's difficult to solve complex problems and think outside of your own yeah. own world. You you become a very insular person rather than being able to influence the world outside you. But yeah. Basically in Australia, very few people in this country yeah. fall outside of those basics. Shout out Australia. Love this country. Biggie ups. The next the next question I had, and I loved it, so I've been privy enough to hang out with Nick a fair bit on a few projects. So we'd obviously shoot the breeze, have some great conversations, quality conversations, conversations, conversations. And one of them I loved was a story, and I, I won't tell the story because I won't... Um, articulated as well because I wasn't fucking there for a start but the story was a, and, a, and a, or it rang in my ears no one is coming no one is coming and I think about that even in this context it's almost like a I don't know if it's a metaphor or an example but no one is coming you've got to back yourself and Nick would you share that story briefly with uh yeah. watching this so i'm a little ashamed to share this story because it demonstrates my complete lack of professional skill that got us into this um in 2010 we were in afghanistan and we were doing a clearance of a large valley system with a heavy insurgent network and we put about 130 commandos and u.s special forces in and i was attached to a u.s special forces element now the weather was it was summer in afghanistan so the temperature was above 30 degrees centigrade we were there for overnight uh, we're expecting a big fight. So there's a, a theory in defense, which is dumb, but we say pack light, freeze at night. And the reason you pack light is because you can carry more ammunition, you can move faster. So you, you suffer being cold at night mm. on the trade-off of being able to fight. Now we're all like, yep, cool, 30 during the day. The night times are getting down to 20. Even if we're sweaty, we'll be good. All good. We landed in the valley. It was dead quiet. There wasn't a single person interested in fighting us, probably because we landed 130 heavy hitters into the valley on helicopters all down the valley, and they just went, this is a bad idea, I want to live yeah. here tomorrow. So no one fought us. Uh, the rules had changed in Afghanistan, so we weren't allowed to be in compounds for the evenings. Um, so we hunkered down on a hill, and just as the sun was setting, a huge storm that was completely unexpected blew into the valley, and the temperature went from 30 centigrade to just above freezing and pouring rain. Now we were sitting up on a hill fully exposed and as it got dark, it was it was miserable. I've never been as cold in my life and I've spent six weeks on operations in the snow direct. And I've never been as cold as I was this night. I was soaked to the core. Now we were sitting up on this hill and my radio operator who was with me just sort of curled up into a ball and started to, you know, go in and out of consciousness like he, he was really struggling and i was in the hurt locker as well he was hugging his radio to try and get some heat out of it because it was a few degrees warmer than we were and um i remember saying to him mate you cannot go to sleep no one is coming to get us tonight if you don't look after you you will die on this mountain and there's nothing we can do 
and like that rang true. That it was the like, I've been shot at. I've been had rockets fired at me. I've had all this random stuff, and that was the one time where I was actually like, "Holy crap! I might die on the side mm. of this mountain tonight." <clears throat> and I genuinely wasn't like that in combat. It was like this <laughs> this moment, sitting in my freezing cold clothes. I was like, "I might die tonight," and um, I remember thinking. Because the weather was so bad, the evacuation helicopters couldn't come to pick us up. So we were literally on our own. And I remember thinking, we've got to do this ourselves. Um, rest of the story is irrelevant. We managed to find some shelter and move. And we did some smart things that were able to look after us. But the funny thing was, many two years later, I was back in Afghanistan again. Same team, essentially about 80% of us had been on that mission. And uh, we had a bunch of new guys with us. And we're heading out in the middle of summer. We've got and everyone's got rain jackets and cold weather jackets strapped to their packs. Yeah. And the new guys are like, what are you guys doing? It's like 35 degrees centigrade yeah. out there. And all the old guys look at them and go, just put a rain jacket, a cold weather jacket on. <laughs> just do it. All right? I'm not even going to explain to you. Management, so, leadership. Yeah. But the, uh, the funny thing there is like, sometimes you've just got to, when it all goes to hell in a handbag, you've got to look after you because at the end of the day, if you survive to the next day, you can fight again. So sometimes yeah. you just got to draw a whole heap of inner strength and just look after you to, to Wow, man. You're a true life warrior, bro. Honestly, that is just... Bad life choices. <laughs> didn't, didn't take a rain jacket, didn't take a cold jacket. Poor planning. Like, literally the fundamentals I got wrong. But hey, lesson learned, I never did it again. Oh. And that's another thing. Never repeat a mistake you've already made. Yeah. Yep. Knowledge bombs, wisdom bombs. Reminds me of that book... Um, from Andy McNabb, that Bravo Two Zero, which came out twenty years ago or something, was they had a similar thing. They all got caught out in the yep. cold. Same thing. That was hot as anything during the day in Afghanistan, yep. and then um, yeah, freezing at night. Mate, so good. No one is coming, team. No one is coming, except here. We'll all support We're, you. Yeah, just stay in and touch. The social, you know, construct yep. of Australia will look after you. <clears throat> God bless, job keeper. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio, to bring the mood down a little bit, bring the mood down a little bit, not down, lighten, lighten yeah. the mood is what I would say. A couple of quick questions. Yep. What, what was the last gift you received? Besides that photo I sent you? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> I think we're talking about that. Um, look, I'd say, look, the most important gift is actually my tiny evil clone. Madeline, like she's just a daughter. Yeah, my daughter. She is a she is a perfect combination of myself and Danielle, and like that is the best gift. Like because she's a mirror, she shows me what's good in both of us, and she shows me what's bad in both of us. Yeah. And anything she does wrong, what I perceive to be wrong, is actually a reflection of one of our behaviours. Now I'd like to say it's all Danielle, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like that is so frustrating. Where does she learn that? And then I go, hang on, that's me. So she's the greatest gift because she actually is a perfect reflection of everything that is good and everything that is bad in both of us. And that's a pretty powerful mirror to have standing yeah. in front of you to be able to adapt your own behaviours for the future. Yeah, youth, bloody children. Oh, mate, well answered. I've got to come up with better questions. He's too good. Ladies and gentlemen, he's too good. Okay, here we go. If you were an animal, what, what type of animal would you be and why? Oh, you like that? Yeah. Like that? yeah. Compare yourself to an animal. What, what would it be and why? 
<laughs> Can I answer this one? Go on. Do, no, yeah. no. Answer it for me. What do you think I am? No, no, no. You can't do that. What were we saying? Like a like a, a salmon. A salmon. Lying in a the salmon line. Yeah. Not um, really happy about that choice I made. Yeah. I think this is a really hard one. I I would say. It's got to be something. I'd probably choose like one of the monkeys because they they literally they adapt. They use tools. They they find new ways to solve problems. Crows are incredibly smart. You know they, they think. And I would say I'm not a particularly strong person. Like um, I'm not super fit. Contrary to the world I came from, I was mm. never the fittest person in special forces. Not by a long shot. But you don't need to be. You need to be somewhere in the middle as a leader there, and you need to be able to think. Mm. And you need to be able to solve the problems faster than other people can. So, for one of a, a better term, I think monkeys are pretty adaptable and like creative. So, I'm going to go with monkey. Go with a visual on yeah. that team. Just yeah. let your mind just drift yeah, off. I'm and... not that hairy though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right, one more quick one. Yep. You're, you're having a dinner party at your house. You can invite three people, and they can be anyone from the past, current times, yep. anybody. Three people that you could have at a dinner party, yep. um, other than your immediate family. Yep. And of course, myself. <clears throat> um, well, I, I wouldn't bother inviting you because you just never turn up. Oh, Jesus! It's just, your diary management is the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, so, I must have so been. Jamie's not one of the three. That's navy for you. <laughs> um, some of you might have seen uh, Admiral Bill McRaven as a person you've probably watched his speech where he talks about the first thing you've got to make your bed. Yeah. Like, now I've worked for that guy. He is an incredibly smart guy. Literally wrote the book on soft leadership uh, and soft operations, so special operations forces, how you do it. Um, what an incredible guy. I'd put him as one of the wow. people in the room because he's just like literally mind mind blown. I bought his book. Yeah, book. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, so it teaches you how to be special operations, how to, how to use your force to achieve an overmatch. So basically you can put like 10 people in and fight 100 and win. Yeah. But it's all to do with relative superiority. So it's about planning, it's about getting in and out quickly. So mm. uh, just a really creative guy, um, incredible leader. I, I'd definitely put him in the room. Um, I think I'd probably throw like Lance Armstrong in there because I'd be keen to just like talk to that guy about being known as being so great but knowing you were cheating the whole time. Oh, I know. Like, I, it just puzzles me on how you... So I wouldn't put him there as an aspirational leader. I'd put him there as someone that I was just interested Curious. in how you could do what you did and sleep mm. at night. Yeah. Because to me, trust is the foundation of so much. And if you can lie to yourself... Mm. And maybe he was lying to himself and maybe he was lying to people. So I'd be curious mm. to talk to him about what that actually meant. Mm. Um, Did you ever see that Oprah Oprah flogged him? Mm. Did you ever see that? Because it was like in her opening thing, man, she did not hold back. And yeah. he, he had, there were big billboards on the motorways in America where him like basically saying like, if you take drugs, you're a loser. Like if yeah. you're doping, I can't yeah. remember the slogan. Yeah. And that was it. And he was like on radio and TV, like, oh, these people fucking drugging and doping. Mm. Doing it the whole time. Yeah. Just, I don't understand. How do you get to that point? So for me, it's like a conversation about yeah. moral boundaries and when mm. you cross them. Um, and I think it's really important because 
when you push people a little bit past their what their makes them uncomfortable mm. becomes comfortable, mm. and then what becomes uncomfortable again becomes comfortable, and that can go good or bad. bad yeah. So you can push yourself to lift more, to run faster, to to take more stress in your life, and you can keep being better, mm. or you can break the rules to the left, and then mm. you can you know you can steal an, a lollipop, and then you steal a bag of chips and an then eventually then you're stealing an Audi yeah. like, so I, th I think that pushing boundaries goes yeah. in both directions so to understand the psychology or the mindset of someone who can push themselves so far for mm. positive but so far for negative at the same time would be a really yeah. interesting conversation for all of us to have to understand how easy it is to be better and how easy it is to be worse yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts with him in it from Joe Rogan to Rich Roll and um, yeah, none of them really touch on that. It's more sort of uh, the karmic effect of what he's done. Um, seemed to be the narrative like, talking about him and his kids going through airports and that and people in the States just fucking flogging yep. him. Yep. Like absolutely want to hang him out to dry. And, and the what his, unfortunately now his kids are experiencing going through school and stuff pretty full on mm. wow interesting who else bro number one more three, one, number three so I have a soldier by the name of Tim Pereira um, look his name up uh, he was wounded on operations with, with us uh, a hatch on an armoured fighting vehicle fell and broke his neck up super super high um, this guy was a crossfit, crossfit athlete incredibly fit Super smart, he did a specialist skill, um, which I can't talk about, but he was just an amazing brain, uh, and his neck was seven, and he lost fully quadriplegic, and basically he was caught in the back of the vehicle by the medic, which was just incredibly good luck, and the other person in the vehicle with him was the JTAC, who was able to call him air support to come pick him up, um, and he he's someone I haven't stayed in touch with as much as I'd like to, but um, I'd put him in there, because after he was injured, uh, he went into hospital, he's done some rehab, he's got a little bit of movement in one hand, and he is the most positive person I have ever met. He's had everything taken away from him. He literally can't feel below the middle of his neck. Mm. And he, when he was in hospital dealing with other people who had spinal injuries, he was designing electronics to allow them to control their TVs with their voice. And he was getting these things made for them to make their lives better, even though he had the same life as them. To me, that is like the most inspirational person there is on earth. The person who has has had everything we take for granted taken away from them and they still have time to care for other people mm. outside of themselves. And he lives down in Canberra now um, and I don't get that's to cool. see him or talk to him as much as I would like to and some of that's my fault. I feel guilty about that. Um, but he would be a guy I'd put in there just to spend some time with him again. Wow, that's incredible, mate. What an amazing man. Mm. Far out. Like, they're out there, eh? Giant brain, massive heart. Mm. Had heaps of stuff taken away from him and still out looking after other people. Oh. And if you can't take inspiration from that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure what <laughs> you can get rid of your podcasts and your, and your memes and your... Yep social yeah. platforms that's a true yeah. magnificent man people are real inspiration and motivation not things we see on instagram and stuff if that if that gets you going that's cool mm. but i challenge people to go out and find the people in the community who are actually real people who are sources of information i love great quotes and things that's super powerful 
but there are people out there changing the world and if you meet some of them and help them on their journey you'll get so much value yeah from that um if looking at a, a pretty girl in um sports gear to get you to the gyms motivates you or seeing someone's muscles motivates you to get to the gym maybe just think about the guys who have lost almost everything and they get up every day that's that's real motivation yeah right whoa ladies and gentlemen if you're out there, give a massive round of applause for this magnificent man. And I can't thank you enough, mate. And I feel, I honestly feel privileged that you've taken time out of your Saturday and from your family to come and hang out with me for a little bit. Uh, you, you're a true inspiration in my life, bro. Honestly, I mean that sincerely. It's been great having a friendship with you and your family. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for giving your time and just giving us a little bit of insight into your world. Um, or your, your your previous world and your and your world to this day, and it's awesome. I think we're all better off for knowing you, man. Thank you, my brother. Love you. Awesome. Woo! <laughs> Fuck, so good.